0: Hello everyone, Is your host Alex Carrillo. Welcome to Fork It Up. Fork It Up is a podcast that aims to educate listeners on everything and anything relating to food, from personal food stories to sustainable farming practices, you name it, we cover it all. This podcast is presented on behalf of Arizona State University's Pitchfork Pantry, a free food resource available to the ASU community. To learn more about the pantry, please visit their Instagram or Facebook page at ASU Pitchfork Pantry. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fork It Up. Today, we have a pretty interesting um, episode lined up for you guys. We have Lindsay, Hannah, and Roxy, all from the Pitchfork Pantry. They're all leaders. I'll give them a second to introduce themselves in a bit. But we decided to basically dedicate an episode covering the evolution of the pantry here at ASU. And these amazing ladies have contributed to a lot of the things that the pantry um, is doing now and how it has evolved to the community resource that it is now. So, um, Lindsay, if you'd like
1: to introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name's Lindsay Pacheco and I'm currently a junior at ASU. I hopped on the pantry team my the second semester of my freshman year um so i i've been part of the pantry for two years so i was a volunteer uh first semester took on a leadership position that summer Um, then in uh, in leadership sophomore year and then starting junior year um i took over as president of the downtown phoenix campus pantry hi um i am
2: hannah rader i am currently a senior so about to graduate But, um, my freshman year, I started with the pantry. I was playing club lacrosse and I was like, I am not traveling to San Diego on a bus for eight hours and I need something to do. So just same way as I think all of us started, we, um, just volunteered. And then, so that was four years ago, quickly led up into a leadership position at the time. It was a little bit, which I'll bet we'll get into, um, it was a little bit chaotic. They really needed some leadership. Um, I served as the president for two years and then, um, Now I am the Vice President.
3: Um, Hi, so I'm Roxy Lopez. I am currently a junior um, and I started with the pantry, also volunteering my freshman year. Um, And I am currently the director of the Tempe Pantry, um, which I became director about almost two years ago. So sophomore year.
0: Let's take it all the way to the beginning. What are the major changes that you have noticed within the pantry from the moment that you started to uh, where it is now. So let's see. Um, I started with my freshman year, so it was four years ago. What was that? Um,
2: twenty. I think it was 2018. Um, let's see. So I joined the pantry at the time we had, there was honestly really only stu- two students who led the pantry um, and they were both Tempe. No, there was actually three. There was two students who led the Tempe pantry, one student who led the downtown pantry Um, They had a volunteer basis, but there was no leadership within the organization other than those three people. Um, There was an an advisor at that time, but she was, for her own purposes with administration and stuff, she kind of took a step away and was distant. So she was honestly, like, not able to reach. We had to, like, go physically to her office if we ever, like, wanted to maybe speak with her. Um, so it's a little bit chaotic. The students who were leading the pantry, they were food insecure themselves. So not only were they trying to run this organization for everybody else at ASU, they were also struggling to feed themselves, um, even struggling with homelessness, working multiple jobs, trying to get through school. So it was definitely, and they weren't paid at the time. So now we do have paid positions. Um, so that was a lot. So the pantry was kind of struggling just because it didn't have the leadership that it could have. Um. It wasn't able to be what it needed to be just because the students didn't have enough time to do that. Um, so, yeah, so since then, the biggest changes is um, something that I was really one of my main goals is that was as when I was president, was just to try and have some type of organization so that whenever our leaders are gone, we're not starting from the beginning again, because that's what we. Kind of were doing it for a long time. We were always working, putting all this initiative in, and then that person would leave and then we'd be back at square one. So that's kind of what my idea was with organizing just even our Google Drive. That was the big thing um, finding more leaders to support us in all the different areas that we needed to. So um, from a leadership position, from a leadership area, That was one of the biggest changes I saw.
1: And definitely, I am so, so thankful for Hannah and be allowing me to be in some sort of leadership position as a freshman. Um, Because I know that when I stepped in, it was literally just Hannah running the entire downtown pantry and running from one place to another and just doing all this amazing things at the SDFC. And then obviously worrying about school too. So I was really thankful when uh, you, Hannah, allowed me to be a part of decision-making processes and like letting me uh, take, take a hold of different projects and stuff because um, you definitely set that foundation. You, you took a hold of that foundation, take it, took advantage of that foundation that previous leaders have set. And I'm so thankful for the foundation that you set uh, for me and for the future, future officers who come after me.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And you did done an awesome job and I'm really happy to have all these people here right now.
3: Um, Just to hop in, um, sorry if you hear background noise, but um, I think hopping off what Hannah said. So I think it's really important for us to build a sustainable leadership. I know when I first started, um, the two previous leaders, um, they were amazing. Um, And so I took on the role and I wasn't really sure what to do, where to go from there. Um, I know Hannah helped, but the pantry has grown quite a bit. When I first started, we would see two or three students a semester. Um, No, not a semester, a week. Um, And we were in a space in the Sonora Center. It was, we were on a donation basis. So we really grew from having all donations to working with Matthew's Crossing, to moving the pantry, to seeing a lot more students. So I definitely agree with that.
0: Besides having people um, give donations to the pantry, What are some other ways do you think the community can help out?
1: I think talking about it and redefining what food insecurity means among college students. I mean, food insecurity um, among the general public, among families, among um, people who are homeless. uh, It just, in these different communities, security is going to look different. And um, that holds true for college students. And I think that kind of acknowledging, like, hey, maybe just eating ramen all week is not the healthiest thing to do. And maybe that should not be normalized.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree with what Lindsay said. Um, Donations are great. And that's always an amazing thing. Um, I guess just honestly talking more about food insecurity and different platforms, even like reposting our stuff on social media, just getting that word out about like what we're doing. Um, social media is always an awesome thing. So maybe just like one person reshares the post that we have and then those people see it. Um, that always seems to go a long way too.
1: And I want to comment on that, that uh, just another evolution of the pantry that we've seen is kind of that like grassroots marketing, uh, being able to use that because uh, we established our social media about uh, two years ago. And uh, kind of establishing that and really focusing on getting the word out, uh, that's definitely something that has changed and has been so, so helpful. So just to really, really emphasize what Hannah said, um, it helps us a lot when people include our events on, on their calendars and uh, share us on social media and then also reach out and try and include us in your events. Um, and I think everything just works a lot better when people are willing to work together. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I
3: think it's just about getting that conversation started.
0: Now, how has working with issues relating to food insecurity taught you uh, professionally or personally? Like, wow, I didn't really think that food insecurity was a big issue on campus or wow, I can see myself now being a great leader in, you know, social um, injustices on campus. What have you learned through your experience?
1: I think I've definitely learned the difference between um, sustainable and emergency resources. However, I see immense value in both of them. And while we are an emergency food resource, um, I think it's so, so valuable to have a place that students can come freely and be able to hopefully feel comfortable in a space that's student-run, that uh, led by students for students. You know, um, my my mom was a, a struggling college student once and she you know, she faced food insecurity and she didn't know that there were resources available to her. Um, and I think maybe part of that problem was because there weren't resources marketed to her. Maybe there were food banks around, but uh, she didn't really realize that those things were for her. Um, and I think working in this place has definitely taught me leadership skills, uh, taught me how to communicate. I didn't really feel confident in sending emails before coming to college, but I think I, I, think I got a hold of it now. Um, and I've grown in a lot of ways. It's definitely taught me patience. It's taught me, um, how to work with people and also listen to feedback because we don't want to do something just to do something or just to say that we're doing something. We want to do something that, um, genuinely helps people. And that's why we depend on so much of that feedback. And so one of those things that I've learned is how important it is to really listen to the people who are experiencing the problem that you're trying to solve. Because if you don't, then there's no value in it. You're just doing it to do it. But um, if we listen to those students who are coming into our pantries and things like that. And if, if, if any student has any suggestions or comments about the way that we are running things, our DMs are open, our emails are constantly checked so please we welcome any sort of feedback that we can get
0: um
2: let's see I guess in recent times um and so I'm a nutrition major so nutrition is a lot of what I do in school obviously and I have community nutrition classes and that kind of stuff um, but I guess work with working with the pantry the biggest thing I've kind of realized is just how hard it is to make change happen um working in the nonprofit area is very different from like corporate stuff because you already have set plans and stuff but for nonprofits all the time you're like restarting the wheel coming up with ideas trying to put ideas into action and it's a lot a lot more effort um, than what people think and it's you have, you need funding, you need support, you need paperwork, you need, like, even just a place to be in. Um, there's a lot of details and administration and work that goes into the nonprofit areas that um, I wasn't really aware of before. And you have to be passionate about it. That's another huge thing, like, the amount of, like, personal feelings that- and, like, passion that people have to put into this is a lot.
3: Yeah, i th- I definitely agree that you have to be passionate about the cause. Um, I know personally I've learned through the pantry um, to talk to different types of people from all walks of life especially now um, with the pandemic and more people needing these resources. Um, So that's the best part of what I like to do is I like to talk to people who come into the pantry which hasn't been super possible um, this year but that's definitely what I've learned.
0: Yeah, and the people that, like, I have spoken to at the food pop-up events, they're always so grateful and appreciative of the service. But are there things that these students might not know about the pantry? Like, they might just go to a food pop-up event, but not even know there's other resources available to them or cool events that we host.
1: I think that... um... I, I, I think that it's it's clear in, in how we advertise ourselves, but I do want to emphasize that we are student-run and that everyone who is a part of our pantry, we do have one faculty or two faculty members who are on staff, um, one of which uh, Maureen McCoy is at every single one of our pop-ups, she's super involved. Um, but everything that you see that we put out, that conversations that we have, things that are laid out, even deliveries and stuff, it's all student-run. Um, and I and I really want to uh I really want to uh, highlight the accomplishments of all of our officers um in terms of working so hard in the events that we do put out cuz make sure to follow us on social media. I mean if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know about our social media. But um we are AC Pitchfork Pantry uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So we we really are trying to grow that educational aspect and really encouraging other students who have ideas to bring them forth and share them with the, re- with the rest of our community.
2: Yeah, kind of what Lindsay just said, um, the education, I think that's another huge piece that we've really tried to put into action within the past year. We now have um, two girls who are working on nutrition education material and posting that. So um, not only are we here to just give people food, but kind of teach them, how can you make food on a budget? How can you, what are cheap te- foods defined, What are healthy options? Um, knowing that we're not just here for physical um, products, but also some education at the same time, which is also on our social media, like Lindsay just said. Uh, yeah, so
3: they pretty much touched on it. But I think it's just important to keep up with our social media to see what we're doing and what's different, what's new events. Um, Again, nutrition being a big part of what we do with recipes and videos, but not only that, but sustainability, well-being. So I think we definitely do a lot more on the education side as well.
0: Now, in your ideal world, how would the pantry function? How would it look like? There's no boundaries. There's no, no limits whatsoever. And do you think that eventually you can reach, you know, or make that dream turn into a reality?
1: I think that our dream is, has always been that we would love to see this as a university-run resource with um, university funding and um, more support in terms of growth and more um, understanding from ASU administration of the importance of emergency resources um, and our role as a student-run outreach. Um, and in terms of getting that implemented, I think that we're a little ways away from seeing that as a reality, but we're working through what we can in, uh, something that I really love to say is those concrete next steps that can get us to the, those points and, um, focusing on what we can in terms of at least growing our organizational aspects growing some sort of, um, the growth, some sort of, basis on which we can kind of show the university, hey, this is working, and this is where we see it going.
2: Yeah, so going off that a little bit, if you guys don't already know, the university isn't a huge fan of the idea of a pantry, and that doesn't mean that they don't want to fix food insecurity, but um, the idea of a pantry is not their ideal way of doing so. Um, so my ideal vision would be to have a pantry and to have it like more of a resource center and like collaborative with the university. Like Lindsay said, um, do I think that's ever going to happen? To be honest, no, I don't ever think the university is going to be like, yes, let's have this huge pantry, but, um, do I have hopes that we will find some way to address food insecurity in a more efficient and sustainable way? Um, yeah, not sure how, but. I believe that we are making progress there. And my biggest thing that I like to say is like, we don't, as students and as an organization, um, we're doing everything that we possibly can for food insecurity. We're doing what we know how to do best. Um, We know how to have pop-ups. We know how to serve students. We know how to get the message out there. And so that's what we know how to do. Um, If they give us a better idea on how to fix food insecurity, we'll do it. Um, but for now that's working for us, so um, we'll see. Um, So I definitely have
3: big visions for at least the Tempe Pantry. Like I've always seen it in a central location, possibly the MU, Um, and it it being a space where students can come in, sit, talk, interact, um, not just come in, get food and leave, Um, but also having like refrigerators where we could have fresh produce available for students um, maybe even a clothing closet in it, maybe even establishing different programs like meal rescuing, um, cater rescuing. So I definitely have like big visions for the pantry. And I think it's possible just because it's been shown to be possible in other universities. Um, do I think it'll happen anytime soon? I think we're making headway and I think we're working towards it. So Yeah, we can only really be hopeful.
0: Now, I know that within this past year, really, the pantry has seen such a, well, at least from my perspective, a huge evolution. And do you think that was due to COVID or there has been other contributing factors that perhaps I'm not taking into account when I'm thinking of this perspective?
1: Yeah, it's been wild how much the pantry has changed over this last year. Some for the way better, some for the not so great. Um, so I'll start, I'll start with uh, the biggest change, which is that we have been able to expand to all four campuses, which to imagine in a time, in, in, in the time of COVID where, you know, in-person opportunities are really, really difficult and things like that. We knew that we still wanted to be there for our students. So rewind a year ago so about a year ago um we were on i think i just got a a memory on my snapchat that um that it was the first day of ASU Online exactly one year ago today. And uh, now it's day 365 of ASU Online. So at that point, we were just thinking, oh, two weeks. But anyway, we were, so we kind of halted the pantry for those two weeks. And then when it was announced that the pantry wouldn't, I mean, that um, the university wouldn't return to in-person classes for the rest of the semester, um, we're like, we can't just Abandon the pantry. Like we we understand that students probably um, need these re- emergency resources um, now more than ever. And so what happened was that um, uh, Professor Marine McCoy and I, we would deliver we would have students we would have students sign up and on our um, online or dm us and things we would deliver to their homes or deliver to or deliver and meet them somewhere off campus or on campus um and so we would kind of meet those needs in that way but we obviously knew that we were two people we that was not a very very sustainable solution but we kind of continued it on and off over the summer until um until we, uh, both Maureen and I actually had to uh, deal with our own COVID situation. So we obviously had to stay home and um, kind of terminated that for, for a while. But then when the next semester rolled up, we actually lost our space on the Tempe campus. We had a permanent space and we were able to have a distribution center of our own, but we lost that unfortunately. But knowing that we still wanted to do something to help that temp- to help the Tempe community and continue what we've had been doing we started our Tempe pop-ups and so now the how these kind of work we it's it's a uh, students can either walk up or drive up and pick up a pre-packaged item Um, at that time it was only non-perishable foods now we're starting to offer perishable fresh uh, grains and produce and things like that more and more so that's very very exciting Um, but going back let's go back to August 2020 and we're just barely starting those pop ups. We were um, originally going to partner with the church, uh, Grace Community Church in Tempe. However, uh, we realized it was too far and it was just not not um, helpful for students. And that's another and that's another thing of learning of learning to really listen to that student feedback and learn what works for students and what doesn't um, we kind of. We rerouted, we were able to get some make some headway in terms of working with ASU parking, and we were able to secure a spot on lot 82W, which we still use now, um, and to have our own pop ups. And so that started, we were doing that every other week. And then, and then we got an email from Yvette Chavez from the ASU tutoring centers. And we were like, Ooh, what is this? And previously we hadn't had a very uh, we were always just a little bit hesitant when we got an email from someone from ASU administration of some sort because we never knew what type of response we were we would get however we were overjoyed when when vet was just so 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 supportive of the pantry and of our cause And she was the one who opened up the doors for us to have distribution centers on all four campuses. So currently we have uh, distribution centers on the Tempe, the West, the Polytechnic, and the downtown campuses through the tutoring centers. And then we were still continuing our pop-ups. We were still opening on the downtown campus. And then finally, we were also able to uh, form a partnership with American Indian Student Support Services on the Tempe campus and open up a third distribution center on the Tempe campus. So currently we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six uh, different distribution centers on all four campuses. And so previously, previous to COVID, we only had two. Um so being able to see that growth and being able to do that despite um facing these challenges with covid and the pushback that we have previously gotten has been really really insane. Um on top of that, we've been able to see um a lot of growth. We were able to establish officer positions, which we didn't have previous to. We had we had loose we had loose officer positions, um, spring twenty twenty. But starting the end of spring twenty twenty, beginning of fall twenty twenty, we opened up new officer positions. So we had event coordinators, student assistant coordinators, um, vice presidents, and presidents. On on we we opened up those positions, on the downtown, the West and the Tempe campuses, Polytechnic still hadn't had a president or anything. Um, and being through those positions, having these new team members um, on board um, it has been so, so great because we've been able to expand more on these nutrition aspects. We've been able to expand more on these events, um, on these resource outreach because we, we love connecting students with the university's broader resources and also um, other government resources that are available to them. Um, so definitely the space issue and then also being able to have new team members on board has been really, really cool. So we've grown, we've grown from having two, to I mean, sorry, three members previously to four to five and then now we have eight to ten members um and it has been really really cool seeing that evolution in terms of having other people in those leadership positions because we know that we can't do it alone and we understand that uh we I Roxy and I've had this conversation too where we've had to learn how to delegate and how to um really really trust these amazing ideas that these people have had and I have not been disappointed at all let me think so before COVID obviously we just had our in-person pantries
2: um we saw like downtown like maybe 12 people a week um so it's definitely awesome that we are seeing way more numbers. Um, And I don't know if that's because of COVID or if that's because of the pop-ups and the location. Um, We're definitely seeing way more people during these COVID times, which is pretty cool. We were kind of forced to find a new Avenue and that did really well. Do I kind of miss seeing people in person? Yeah, I do. Because it was kind of nice. They would come in, you would meet people, see the same people usually all the time, talk to them and that kind of stuff. So we don't really get that personal connection, but same with everything during COVID. So yeah, so we definitely have grown a lot and we reach more people. So that's what's most important. Um,
3: Yeah, not much to add to that, besides the fact that I think COVID definitely accelerated our growth. And that's because COVID was able to show how much the pantry was needed as a resource, um, which is kind of, uh, a trade-off, I think. So you definitely want people to be aware of you as a resource. Do you want more people to use you? Again, it's it's that little bit of trade-off, but I think we've definitely been able to grow um, with people knowing who we are. So, and I mean, was that due to COVID? Yeah.
1: And, an- and another thing that we've noticed is that at the beginning of last semester, we were kind of seeing the same numbers-ish, um, in Tempe as we had previous semesters. But what was curious about that is that there was a significantly less amount of students on campus compared to previous semesters. So that means we were seeing a higher percentage of students. Um, and starting this semester, we've seen a huge spike, a huge increase. And now we're seeing, um, depending on the week, we can we can see about 100 to a couple hundred um, every single week on, on at our campus and our at our pantries. And I want to share. I want to share this stat because it's kind. Of, it's 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 an important statistic to us. This research project because um, Dr. Meg Bruning, who who was the original faculty member who kind of had started this pantry, um, this was kind of the research uh, project that kind of launched it. And she found that 32 percent of students reported inconsistent food access within the last month and 37 percent reported that in the past three months and that's at asu um so definitely seeing these higher spikes in numbers it's 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 um it's, it's 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 we don't we don't want more people to use our pantries we don't we don't want to um see students who need these resources but we're so happy that we can be there um for these people and understanding that there is that large percentage of students who, who um, might need it. Um, We're definitely not seeing 37% of students at ASU. So definitely seeing those trade-offs and still, I still believe that marketing and outreach is still very, very important.
0: Yeah, I remember at the beginning of COVID, because that's when I was starting my work with you guys. And I'm like, yeah like with Roxy she had a vision of like making the space really cool and like just making it move to a centralized location like oh my god it's gonna be amazing and then COVID hit and I'm like now what but like the food pop-up events have turned out to be such an incredible like solution for this and in terms of you know adapting to these severe situations and being there for the community are there any exciting things happening for the pantry in the near future that you would like to
1: advertise or promote. We'll be accepting officer applications at the end of the semester. So more details about that will be posted on our social media. So if you want to join the Pitchfork Pantry team. I just want to emphasize that um, we do this because we're students too and that we understand the difficulty of managing finances and work and classes and all of this. And really the Pitchfork Pantry is just our way of showing support.
0: Well, thank you so much, ladies, for taking time out of your day and for just being part of the community overall. And I hope that you have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having thank you. us.